0: This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to I Know That Face, the only podcast which honors the often underappreciated by the masses work of character actors. I'm Stephen Portia. I know that Face is on a summer break now, but we're dropping this special bonus interview episode because I got to chat with the great Stephen Dorff, whose new film Embattled is now available on digital download. Dorf is an actor I've enjoyed for a long time. You know, not only did he recently play one of the leads in the third season of my favorite show ever, True Detective, but since his breakthrough in 1994's beatles Center drama Backbeat, he's been in so many class movies. He played Jack Nicholson's son in Blood and Wine, the Bob Rafelson film. He's the villain in The First Blade. He was the star of Sofia Coppola's masterpiece somewhere, which won the Golden Lion of Venice. On top of that, he's also worked with, you know, John Waters, Mary Harron, Michael Mann, and Oliver Stone, to name just a few. So I'd always be interested in chatting with Dorf, but what a pleasure to talk to him about this particular movie, in *Battled*, because it's very good. Dorf in the film plays Cash, a man raised by an abusive father who channeled his aggression into becoming a world champion MMA fighter. Following his rise to fame and wealth, he faced a new challenge when his second son was born with Williams Syndrome, but this time, rather than stand and fight, he ran. Years later, as Cash continues to make his fortune in the ring, his estranged and eldest son, Jet, played by Darren Mann, becomes the caregiver to his younger brother, Cash's other son. When Jet decides to follow in his father's fighting footsteps, he faces his past head on, embarking on a course inevitably pitting father versus son. I chat about the movie more in the interview, but I'll just say I think Imbal is the type of gritty and raw crowd pleaser that I love, but often doesn't get made in Hollywood anymore. On one level, it functions as an exciting sports drama with these extended visceral fight scenes. You know, Dorf looks shredded. But also, it's this quite moving, and authentically messy family drama about generational trauma and the impact of fame on a family, and also growing up with a family member who has a disability and Having had experience of the latter, I can confirm like a lot of details in *Embattled* do ring true, and it has a good cast too. Darren Mann, who plays Dwarf's character's son, uh, I'm sure will go on to be a big star. But also in the cast is great actors like Elizabeth Reeser, Saeed Tamawi, who people may know from the French movie *La Haine*, and Donald Faison, you know best known as Turk from *Scrubs*. So I'd advise people to seek him ballot out. Here i chat to Dorf about the movie and how he got into character both physically and mentally. He also talked about the state of the movie industry currently and reflected a bit on his career. This is our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. You've been offered another fight?
1: Unfortunately, it's against me. The most controversial fight in WFA history. Between Cash Boykins and his 18-year-old son Jeff. Every 18-year-old kid out there deserves a good old-fashioned ass whooping. He's been saying that exact same line to me since I was three. You got to dance with the temple, huh? Pray I never end up like you. You won't. Tomorrow night you die. Dance with the temple, huh? Don't bet on it. Yeah, I was for this. You and not miss. Hey Steven, how are you?
0: I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Good. How you doing, man? I'm excited to talk about Embattled. I I really enjoyed it.
1: Cool, man. I'm a real really? asshole in it.
0: Yeah, you really are. Um yeah, I suppose well, you can start that. I I I was curious what attracted you to Embattled, um, because, you know, on one level it's this sports drama with these thrilling scenes in the ring, but then also I thought it was this uh very moving and you know authentically messy family drama about you know generational trauma and you know the impact of fame on yeah. a family and uh, yeah as you said your character is a a real jerk
1: <laughs> i mean i love the script i thought it was like really honest and real and it didn't feel like a hollywoodish kind of soft ending kind of story you know which these movies tend to tend to become i i, I mean i I like that it was a hard look at a father and son that was a tumultuous, uh, very tortured, very unhealthy relationship. The mindset of a champion, the, you know, uh, and, and set against the backdrop of, of MMA, which, you know, has become such a popular sport around the world and has basically diminished the sport of boxing to zero. Um, uh, in my, in my book, but, um, I just haven't seen any, Strong films really set against this backdrop. Yet it's a sport that every month everybody's buying the pay-per-view and is obsessed with. So I looked at it as that. Then I got into the character and I thought, geez, what a monster this guy is that I'm about to play. And and physically I knew he had to look different, he had to feel different. I had to carry myself differently. So, you know, I would say physically and mentally it was just a huge challenge to try to bring a guy like this to life. You know, I used a lot of different fighters in my head to kind of incorporate to morph into what cash became obviously there's some conor mcgregor there's a mayweather sensibility as far as business there's a cowboy cerrone sensibility in there it's basically just an overall intensity that a lot of these fighters that i've met over the years have but um it was a difficult one for me you know i mean i'm not the sympathetic character in this piece this is um, that's Darren's part, uh, who plays Jed, obviously, in this movie. My character is a, uh, a brutal father, a, a champion, a hell of a fighter, a great businessman, but a train wreck in his personal life. And that's that's a guy that's going to drive all the good things in his life away from him, uh, ultimately. But um, he's a very charismatic character and uh, and, you know, I'm an actor. So at the end of the day, I have to commit to what I'm playing. And that's what I did here
0: yeah and you know he's so aggro and hyper masculine and so imposing and you know very unpleasant but i and but while we don't root for him i do think we kind of come to learn why he is the way he is and you know he has moments of vulnerability and i was wondering you you sort of indicated there but do do you enjoy playing such complex characters
1: i mean i just like a challenge you know acting's easy for me so it's if I get bored acting, it's, it's not that much fun. You know, I have to kind of have a challenge and want to see myself push myself to places that I haven't been. And um, this was definitely one of those, you know, I'm not just attracted to characters like this though. I mean, I was coming off of a year, almost a year of shooting true detective where I was the good guy, you know, even though he's tough, he's, he's a cop and he's loyal and he's got morals and he's, he's got a heart and, you know, totally different guy than Cash Boykins. Although with Cash Boykins, I tried to find some sort of human connection. You know, it's just that balance, but ultimately just looking for the challenge, you know, whether it's a great lead, if it's a great supporting part, if it's something I haven't done before, you know, ultimately I just want to, you know, keep it fresh and I don't really want to be bored. If I, if I feel like this character he's got nothing on the page. He's probably, I'm probably not going to want to play him. You know what I mean? He's got to kind of get me with something. Um, Cash got me with just the whole story and the, the fact that I've never played a champion fighter. I've never played a, a father this brutal. I've never played a, a guy so stuck in his ways that he's never going to change for anybody, you know, and it's led him to just success after success after success. So why would he, you know, and, and, And that's a weird kind of a guy, but those people exist. So, you know, it's just about kind of challenging myself. But uh, I had a great team on this, a great cast behind me and and director, and and they turned a great movie out.
0: Yeah, and you you look so, you know, ripped in the movie. I was curious how much preparation went into both looking the part as this MMA fighter, but also embodying, I think, all the traits of, you know, toxic masculinity, you know, when you're out of the ring.
1: Yeah, well, because he's a lightweight, middleweight kind of champion, more like a Conor McGregor, I, I, I'm kind of like almost the same size as a Conor. You know, I tend to be on the leaner side more most of the time. So my biggest thing was it was important for me to put some size on for this guy. I wanted him to have power, you know, in my back and in my shoulders and not be some lean, skinny guy in the ring, um, you know. So that was the most important thing was finding the time, after my protective shoot was to put 10 pounds of muscle on to, to get in the cage, learn the fights, keep training, keep eating, keep eating, keep training and just vice versa for basically, you know, get me through those fights. And then we kind of carried on diet and training as I went, but I was able to really just play the movie at that point. The physicality was obviously an important thing because you want to look the part, um, especially when you're playing a menacing figure that fighters are supposed to be afraid of. Um, I'm in there working with real fighters. So, you know, I had to get to a place where I could look in the mirror and believe that I was cash boykins. And once that happened, then I can play it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know that face are also delighted to finally get to tell listeners about headstuff plus headstuff plus is the one stop shop for everything on the headstuff podcast network, Ireland's largest podcast network. and the one to which I know that face belongs. If you're a fan of I Know The Face or any other shows on the network, become a member of Headstuff Plus and get bonus episodes of Headstuff shows, other exclusive content, merchandise, early access to live events, and lots more. We here at I Know The Face have already recorded a handful of bonus episodes where myself and Andrew talk about more current news and releases in the world of film and TV. But also in the future, we have plans for more actor-themed series as well, along with releasing episode outtakes, accompanying articles, etc., all for Headstuff Plus subscribers to sign up to Headstuff plus it's just five euro plus fat per month when you sign up no matter what show or shows you are supporting you still get access to everything all the bonus material for all the podcasts on the network a lot of great podcasts plus by doing so you'll be supporting i know the face to bring you more top material for all the details and to sign up visit headstuff podcasts.com you know the whole movie as you said it builds to this uh, extended fight scene between you and darren mann who i thought was great playing your son and it was very grueling. And, you know, can you talk about how that was staged? Because there's a part in it where I actually gasped out loud because it, it looked so painful.
1: Yeah, I mean, that fight, I can't really compare to any fight I've ever seen in a movie, A, because of the length of that fight scene. And also just how really brilliant I feel like the director and the technicians, you know, turn that fight out. I mean, with sound design, with editing, I mean, it, whether it's slowed down, whether if the sound drops out, it's they just kind of nailed it. And I feel like you're really in that fight with these two characters and their two characters are almost speaking dialogue scenes throughout this fight choreography, which I thought was really good too. It's not like, oh, how do we make round two more exciting? He's gonna get kicked here. There's obviously those moments, but it was very well crafted from all angles from the choreography to the fight uh, stunt coordinators to the two doubles that we had that enabled us to stay somewhat safe, um, even though we did get banged up some. You know, it was it was basically just really well made, and my hats off to Nick really for, you know, we gave him the juice in the can of the camera, but he put it all together, and that takes a lot sometimes when you uh, when you're when you don't have you know 40 days to shoot fights that you should have longer time, and you know we're hustling and we're still you know I I, I really my hats off to Nick for that, especially those sequences. Cause I'm not really involved once we do our thing, you know, that could have been a, just another fight scene, you know, which we see in a hundred million bad movies. I mean, you know, you want that to me felt like a third act was that fight is basically the whole third act is that end fight. And it's to me, I don't know how what the running time of that fight is, but eight minutes, 10 minutes, I don't know what it is, but from start to finish, I've never seen a fight like that. So I'm proud of that. You know, I'm proud of what we did and what we accomplished and for the whole team behind it, because it's not just me and Aaron. It's our two doubles. It's our coordinator. It's our stunt coordinator. It's our, our trainers. And we're really blessed with a great group
0: and it's so physical and also emotional as well which is great. Um I think Embattled to me feels somewhere in between uh you know a big Hollywood movie and an indie film because it's got action but it's also got that yeah. You know, as we were talking about that added emphasis on character. And I was wondering would you agree with that and also as someone who works in the industry a lot you know do you feel that this type of mid-budget film aimed at adults is becoming harder to get made because you know sometimes it feels like that.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I mean I don't know why it would just be aimed at adults. I would think it would be aimed at you know, the MMA crowd, it would be, to me, this has a lot going for it. It could, you know, the, the drama of the story could work for more of an adult fair audience, but I think also the young people were responding to *Embattled* in America too. And I hope they do over there. I mean, um, I agree with you. I think this always to me didn't feel like an indie movie. It did in the, in the way that we kept true to what the story was and we never really polished it up to be a Hollywood movie. But at the same time, I felt like this was a very commercial movie. I felt like if theaters had been opened when it came out in America, this could have played in the multiplexes. really great, you know, but it's interesting because an indie company released it in America, you know, IFC, which I thought was an odd choice, but then again, Universal's releasing it overseas. So that, and in all the big markets over there, which I find interesting because, you know, you have this much bigger distributor releasing it um, there and then you have a smaller distributor that looked at it more what was the budget of the movie which to me budgets don't really have anything to do with what's commercial and what's not you know you can do a movie like uh my greek wedding whatever the hell and it could cost 2 million dollars and it could make 400 million there's four, four weddings and a funeral you know uh you know or you can make a movie that's 100 million dollars and it doesn't make 10 million bucks so you know you don't really it's really in the heart of what the film is and how it plays I think there are indie things about this movie, but I also think there are Hollywood moments as well. And I think it's a great balance that Nick did. And uh, it kind of shows, even in our distribution, both sides of the spectrum, too. So I think that's a really smart analogy, actually. And as far as movies getting made, you know, look, great dramas will always get made, but they're harder and harder. You know, people want genre movies, they want, you know, horror movies, they want comic book fair you know that you know frankly movies suck I think these days so um with the exception of maybe a handful a year maybe um this year maybe one or two but uh I just think movies are lazy and really poorly made these days so for me the art of acting and my job even more than my agent's job is to hunt out those new filmmakers hunt out those great opportunities and and try to make them because otherwise, you know, for the most part, it's just bad TV shows and shitty movies. I mean, you know, and we're all on, you a little box on your streamers. So I don't know, it gets depressing for me, you know, like watching the Oscars this year was depressing, but um, you know, as somebody that's made movies <laughs> for 30 years, uh, 35 years now, but uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm still going to find the good ones. And I think Embattled is one of those.
0: Yeah. You've been in, you know, a lot of great movies. you worked with all these brilliant directors. Um, I'm a massive fan of Blood and Wine, the Bob Rafelson movie you're in. I'm a big fan of Somewhere, the Sophia Coppola. I was just curious, out of all the movies you've appeared in, is there one that you're particularly proud of that you'd urge people to, you know, go out and check out if they haven't seen it or revisit?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of them. I mean, there's been some really special moments, you know, uh, at different times in my life because I grew up doing this. So my whole life is... And have been on a movie set for the most part. I, uh, you know, I mean, I love somewhere. It hit me at a time where I needed it. And Sophia gave me a real gift with that movie. And I thought it was a, a really special film. And winning Venice was a real emotional thing too. when we won the gold lion there. And my dad and my brother were with me. And uh, that's a moment I'll always remember. And, you know, but when I did my first movie, The Power of One, and I went to the premiere in Westwood of that movie, it was really exciting. I mean, I've had a lot of great moments and and great films in my career and and great opportunities, whether it was with a John Waters or whether it was making Blade and that was a huge success or whether it was doing Backbeat when I was 19. And, you know, people thought, oh, wow, why is an American playing Stu Sutcliffe and gave me a bunch of shit? And then the movie came out and they actually really loved it. You know, I mean, you know, it's all it's all a challenge and it's all I'm willing to take that challenge and I'm willing to fight my way through it for the end product, just like cash goes in the ring and in the cage and fights his way to winning. um, You know, that's what I, I try to do every time. And I also can't control every movie that comes my way. So sure. There are movies that I see that Matt Damon might be in, or this one might be in that I love too, but I wasn't given that opportunity. So I can only go with what opportunities come my way and with the God's Align me with certain filmmaker and time, and and then we make it happen. You know, uh, it's a crazy business, and uh, I'm just fortunate that I've been doing it as long as I have. And frankly, now I think I'm getting to do some of the best stuff I've ever done. So it's like wine, you know. You maybe get old, better as you get older. I definitely feel I've gotten better. So you know, let's see where we go from here.
0: That's great. Thanks so much for speaking to me. I really appreciate it. And again, I was a big fan of Embattled.
1: Thanks, homie. I appreciate it. Thanks, man.
0: That was my conversation with Stephen Dorf. I hope you enjoyed it. Embattled is now available on digital download, and you know, people should seek it out. As mentioned in our previous episode, myself and Andrew are on break from releasing regular character actor episodes until mid-August, but still, feel free to rate review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Email us at inothefacepodtychemo.com if you'd like to reach out to the show. Thanks to Charlene Fernandez for help editing this episode and for running a lot of our socials. You can check out more of my work at Heads of Film section on joe.ie. And until next time, see you later, Cinefiles. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the podcast
1: studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.